نستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves And the evil consequences of our deeds Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray And whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger just a note before beginning the topic for this evening as a reminder for every one of us in this time of fitna that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala based upon wisdom decrees whatever he has decreed and executes his decree and even if the human beings don't know the wisdom behind what Allah has decreed that befalls them or that comes to them of evil or good indeed it is required of the believer to believe that Allah's decree it is perfect and that it is good even if what he has decreed sometimes brings harm to the people and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ اللَّهَ غَافِلًا أَمَّا يَعْمَلُ الظَّالِمُونَ إِنَّمَا يُؤَخِّرُهُمْ لِيَوْمٍ تَشْخَصُ فِيهِ الْأَبْصَارِ that we should not think, we should not imagine that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unaware of what the zalimun are doing. Don't imagine that Allah is ghafilan amma ya'malu zalimun. It is only that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is delaying his response to them to a time, to a day in which the sight or the eyes will be staring from horror or fright that is Yawm Qiyamah indeed whatever anyone does in this world it is being recorded and they are accountable for what they do and everyone who does good will hope for a reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if they have Iman and whoever does evil then they expect and are justified to receive the punishment or the just recompense for what they have done indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is well aware of whatever those who are unjust, the wrongdoers are doing. The chapter that we want to discuss this evening, bi-ithnillahi ta'ala, from Kitab al-Tawheed, al-lazhi huwa haqqullah ala al-abid, ba'al-imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab ibn Sulaiman al-Tamimi al-Najdi, rahimahullah. In this lecture, number 48, the chapter is entitled, Ma jaa fi munkari al-qadr. 
يعني what has been reported or what have been received concerning munkari al-qadr those who deny who make inkar or reject the divine decree that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed everything that happens in this world before it happens what has been reported concerning munkari al-qadr and here before beginning the evidences that Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah has mentioned I would like to read a summary of this issue or a summary of this chapter indeed the topic of Al-Qadr Al-Qadha it is a big topic and it requires many sittings and in one hour we cannot discuss it however the topic of discussion this evening is not all of the opinions and the philosophies and deviation of the people concerning Al-Qadr but what we are talking about is the ruling concerning those who deny it and the warning against those who deny it and the threat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of punishment for those who deny the divine decree Al-Shaykh Al-Imam Abdul Aziz ibn Abdul ibn Baz Rahimahullah Rahmatan Wasi'a in his ta'liqat al-mufid his beneficial comments on Kitab al-Tawheed. He said, since al-Iman, the belief in al-Qadr, is one of the fundamentals of Iman. It is min usul al-Iman. It is a fundamental of Iman. For this reason, the author, al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, has placed this chapter here. Because the belief or the acceptance and submission to the reality of al-Qadr al-Qadha it is through it that a person achieves a tawheed and it is through it that one negates al-kufr if one believes in al-qadr then kufr is negated from him and whoever believes in al-qadr he achieves a tawheed here al-imam abdul aziz ibn baz rahimahullah says that this chapter ma ja'a fi munkari al-qadr what has come concerning those who deny al-qadr it means what has come of reports concerning Al-Wa'id Al-Shadid, the severe threat, Wa-Tahdir Al-Aqid, and the certain definite warning of those who deny or reject Al-Qadr, the divine decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he says that the Muslims in the time of the Prophet were believing in this divine decree. They had submitted themselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, accepting it. And then something sprouted up in the end of the time of As-Sahaba, radiallahu anhum ajma'in. A plant sprung up of deviation and those people began to deny the Qadr. And they claimed that confirming Al-Qadr, it is in contradiction to Al-Adl. Whoever confirms the divine decree, it is a contradiction of justice. Yani the divine decree is unjust according to those people who fell into that deviation. They said, how can all affairs be pre-decreed, pre-ordained, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punishes the sinful one or the disbelieving one for what they have done. If it is already pre-ordained, how can Allah punish them? This was the argument of those people who deviated, who misunderstood the correct belief of al-Qadr al-Qadr. It was their ignorance, and it was their falling astray and being deceived concerning this matter that led them to reject the divine decree. 
As for the people of truth, from amongst the companions of the Prophet ﷺ and those who traveled on their path, who followed the way in belief and practice and in worship of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, that is the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they believed in the Qadr, they testified to the truthfulness, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has pre-decreed all the affairs and has had it written that Allah has pre-decreed everything that will happen and that nothing happens in his, in his kingdom except that he wills it. Nothing happens in the kingdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this universe except that Allah wills it. And this of course is in consideration of the correct belief of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah that the will of Allah, it is of two types, Al-Irada Al-Qawniyah and Al-Irada Al-Shari'iyah. Al-Irada Al-Qawniyah means that will which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He decrees something to happen, He wills it to happen, and it must happen, even if it is something that is loved by Allah or that which is displeasing to Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed some, some things to happen, though it is not something that He loves, but He decrees it for wisdom. Therefore it must happen. This is the irada qawniya. As for the irada shari'iyah, it is that which Allah wills, that which Allah loves, which He has legislated for the people to do what he has commanded the people to do, and he wills that the people do it. However, this will is of those things that it may happen or it may not happen. The people may do it or they might not do it. And yani the difference between these two things is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes wills something in his irada qawniya, his universal will, which it must happen. It must happen. And it happens for some wisdom, even if it is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not love, like kufr spreading in the earth and shirk and disobedience and sin and the presence of shaitan all of this Allah has decreed it in his universal will though it is not something loved by Allah but he has decreed it for wisdom to bring about some benefit that is known to Allah if it is not known to the people as for his irada shari'iyah his legal legislated will it is that which Allah has legislated that which he has revealed to the prophets ordering the people to do those things which he loved believing submitting to him obeying him praying worshipping him and so on and that Of that will, they are, it is that which happens or it may not happen. The people may do it or they may not do it. However, it is also part of Allah's will. So keeping this in mind, that there are two types of will for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can say that nothing happens in this universe except that it is by Allah's will, meaning His universal will. That is the will that the scholars of Islam said, مَا شَاءَ اللَّهَ كَانَ وَمَا لَمْ يَشَاءَ لَمْ يَكُنْ That whatever Allah wills, it will be. And whatever He does not will, it will not be. That means nothing can happen except by his will according to yani, this explanation of the scholars of the people of Sunnah which is based on Quran and authentic hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Then he said <coughs> that nothing happens in his universe except that he wills it. Indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed everything and he has accounted for everything and he is the one who knows everything. And Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i, Rahimahullah, the great scholar of the people of Sunnah, he said, Nadiruhum bil-ilm. Argue with them or debate with them bil-ilm, by knowledge. Not knowledge meaning collecting knowledge and using that knowledge to argue with them. But here he means the point of ilm in the belief in Qadr al-Qadha. That there are four levels of Qadr al-Qadha. One of them is that Allah knows everything. And they have denied this the people who deny Qadr. Therefore, Al-Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah said, نَاظِرُوهُمْ بِالْعِلْمِ On this point, argue with them. 
فإن أقروا به خصموا وإن أنكروه كفروا So if they agree to it to the point of علم that Allah knows everything then you have overcome them they have accepted it that's what we want them to accept and if they deny it they say that Allah doesn't know things are going to happen until they happen then this is the kufr of those who denied the qadr al-qada he said if they deny it then they have disbelieved they are falling into kufr kufr that takes a person out of Islam uh, he said they have disbelieved because they have attributed to Allah al-jahl wal-dalal they have disbelieved if they deny that Allah knows everything before it happens then they have attributed to Allah ignorance and this is a negation of so many ayahs in the Quran from amongst them the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inna Allah bi kulli shayin alim that indeed Allah has knowledge of everything waqad ahata bi kulli shayin ilman and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encompasses everything in his knowledge and so on he said whoever attributes to Allah ignorance that Allah doesn't know everything that he doesn't know all of these things then he has accused or he has he has claimed some defect in the ayat of Allah and for this reason that person is a kafir they have denied what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has clearly stated in the Quran uh, then he says after bringing some other evidences concerning qadr al-qadr he said that which is obligatory on the Muslim is to believe in al-qadr the divine decree and that believing in al-qadr it includes four points, four matters. The first of them is ilm, ilmullah bil asha, that Allah knows everything, everything that will be and everything that has happened, He knows everything before it comes into being. The second of them is kitabatuha, that Allah has had everything written in the divine decree. Number three, annahu khaliq kullu shay wa muqadra kullu shay, that Allah is the one who has created everything and the one who has decreed everything before it happens. And anything that happens in this universe, it is from the khalq, the creation of Allah, the creatures as well as the actions. And number four, أَنَّ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهَ كَانَ وَمَا لَمْ يَشَاءَ لَمْ يَكُونَ That whatever Allah willed, it will be. And whatever Allah does not will, it will never be. So whoever believes in these four levels, المراتب, whoever believes in these four levels, then that person has believed in Al-Qadr. And whoever denies anything from those four levels, then he has denied something of Al-Qadr. Yani this is a summary of what? Shaykh Abdul Aziz ibn Baz said concerning this chapter Bab Maja'a fi Munkari al-Qadr That which has been reported or narrated concerning those who deny al-Qadr the divine decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which includes those things that he mentioned that the divine decree according to the Muslims or the scholars of the people of Sunnah the divine decree includes the belief that Allah's preordaining everything means that he knew everything that would happen and he had it written down it is recorded and that nothing happens except by his will and that whatever exists in this universe of the creatures or their actions or their characteristics it is all created by Allah everything that exists including the actions of the creatures are Allah's creation there's only one creator there are no two creators creator of good and creator of evil there's only one creator Al-Khaliq Al-Wahid Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and included in this third point, the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that nothing happens except by His will, we should also keep in mind that the people of Sunnah believe that the human being, the, the human being also has a will. 
but that will is subject to Allah's will. It is not an absolute will. But the human being does have a will, we affirm that. And for this reason, it is right that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after He revealed to the people the correct way, and called them to that which is good, and promised them His reward, and warned them against that which is evil, and threatened them with His punishment, and He gave them a will to choose right from wrong, and the ability to execute their will, then He calls them to account for what they do. Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, rahimahullah, the first evidence he mentions in this chapter, وَقَالَ ibn Umar رَضِيَ اللَّهُ anhuma That Abdullah ibn Umar رَضِيَ اللَّهُ anhuma may Allah be pleased with him and his father, said, وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ ibn Umar بِيَدِهِ وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ ibn Umar بِيَدِهِ By the one in whose soul, in whose hand is the soul of ibn Umar, لَوْ كَانَ لِأَحَدِهِمْ مِثْلُ أُحُدٍ ذَحَبًا ثُمَّ أَنْفَقَهُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ مَا قَبِلَهُ اللَّهِ مِنْهُ حَتَّى تُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدْرِ حَتَّى تُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدْرِ يعني Abdullah ibn Umar رضي الله عنهما one of the scholars from amongst the Sahaba and one of the close companions of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he swore by Allah by the one in whose hand is his soul that لَوْ كَانَ لِأَحَدِهِمْ مِثْلُ أُحَدْ ذَهَبًا if anyone even of them if he had gold in the amount of Uhud, the mountain of Uhud, that great tremendous mountain that stretches for miles in the city of Medina. If somebody had gold equal to the amount of Uhud and they spent it all in the way of Allah, Allah would not accept it from them unless and until they believe in Al-Qadr. And whoever denies Al-Qadr, then Allah would not accept from them their good deeds, whether it is charity, whether it is salat, whether it is whatever. Because whoever denies the Qadr, he has fallen into kufr that takes a person out of Islam and Allah doesn't accept the deed of the disbelievers. He said, I swear by the one in whose hand is my soul that if any of them had gold equal to the amount of Uhud and he spent it all in the way of Allah, مَا قَبِلَهُ اللَّهُ مِنْهُ Allah would never accept it from him حَتَّى يُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدْرِ until he believes in Al-Qadr. ثُمَّ اسْتَدَلَّ بِقَوْلِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ then Abdullah ibn Umar, after making this statement, he gave a proof for what he is saying. He didn't just make a claim, but he gave a proof from that which are the clear proofs in Islam, that is from the Qur'an or from the authentic sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. He used as his proof the statement of the Prophet Al-Imanu an tu'mina billahi wa malaikatihi wa qutubihi wa rusulihi wal yawm al akhir wa tu'mina bil qadri khayrihi wa sharrihi rawahu muslim yani abdul ibn umar after making this statement that the deeds of a person will never be accepted by allah no matter what they are no matter what they do no matter how much they have done if they don't believe in al qadr he gave the proof for his statement that their deeds would not be accepted the proof is the saying of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that al iman true faith Yani the, the criterion to know if somebody has Iman that brings them, that makes them a part of Islam, it is to believe in Allah, that you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that you believe in His angels, and that you believe in His books, His scriptures, the revelations, and that you believe in His messengers that He have sent, and the last day. And then He repeated, that is the Prophet ﷺ, after saying in the beginning of that hadith, Al-Iman and Tu'min Billahi. And tu'min billahi, he didn't say tu'min mar- again. He didn't say to believe in the angels. He just said to believe in Allah and the angels in the books in the last day. But when he mentioned al-Qadr, 
he repeated that word and tu'mina bil qadri khayrihi wa sharrihi to emphasize the importance that it is a requirement to believe in al-qadr the good it's good and it's evil yani the good that comes from what Allah has decreed as well as the evil that comes from it yani that which appears from the side of the creature as being something harmful or something evil from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is perfectly good because there's no evil to be attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his decreeing something it is a good thing however what he has decreed when it befalls the creature it may be taken by that creature as something harmful or evil or bad this hadith is reported by Imam Muslim and also in the Sunan of, of Abu Dawood and At-Tirmidhi and obviously the hadith is Sahih quickly the general meaning of this hadith as Shaykh Al-Qar'awi Hafizahullah mentions is that in this narration Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma has made an oath وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ ibn Umar بِيَدِهِ I swear by the one in whose hand is the soul of Ibn Umar he made an oath, a qasam swearing by Allah that the human being no matter what they spend of their wealth in charity or whatever deeds, righteous deeds that they do Allah will never accept it from them if they do not attest, they do not testify to and affirm the reality of Al-Qadr as it is understood by the people of Sunnah as it was explained in the Quran and as it is explained by the Prophet Allah will never accept from them their good deeds and that is because Al-Iman in Qadr it is one of the arkan of Iman in Sitka it is one of the six main pillars of Islam of Iman one of the six main pillars of Iman and therefore whoever rejects any of these pillars not to mention those things which are derived from these pillars but these foundations themselves whoever rejects one of them then that person doesn't have true Iman he said that to believe in Al-Qadr is one of the six pillars of Iman therefore to deny it to deny that one is to deny all of them to deny one to negate one's Iman and that person then becomes a kafir they become one who does not have taqwa and Allah doesn't accept except from the muttaqeen the people of taqwa then Ibn Umar used as a proof for his statement or his fatwa or his position he used this hadith which it has been mentioned in it the six pillars of Iman and from amongst those pillars of Iman is the belief in Al-Qadr khayrihi wa sharrihi the good and the evil of Al-Qadr the Shaykh then says four points that may be derived Al-Fawaid that may be derived from this uh, narration the first of them is that Al-Iman has six pillars contrary to what some contemporary writers have written in famous books today such as Mubadi Al-Islam the fundamentals of Islam in which it is written that the pillars of Iman are khamsa, five and contrary to those who have said the pillars of Iman are sixteen like in that book Islam in Focus we should know that the pillars of Iman are six and the proofs for it are in the Quran as well as the Sunnah and the Ijma 
of the scholars of the Muslim Ummah. Whoever doesn't believe in all of them together, then his Iman is not correct. And this hadith has numbered them. Yani, the statement of the Prophet ﷺ has numbered them as six. Number two, that al-khair and al-shar, that good and evil are muqaddar min Allah ta'ala. That good and evil are decreed by Allah. Allah is the one who has fixed or pre-decreed both good and evil. If it befalls anyone, know that it is by the decree of Allah. Number three, the permissibility of al-half li maslahatin min ghayri istihlaf. That it is permissible to swear to make an oath for some benefit, even if one has not been requested to take an oath. Yani, if one has not been requested to take an oath, normally it is better that you should not swear, just using taking oaths lightly. But it is permissible if there is some benefit in doing so, such as in the case where Abdul ibn Umar here has made a statement of importance. And this statement was in reference to some people who came to him informing him that there were some people who now came with this idea that they denied the belief in Al-Qadr al-Qadr. And then Ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma swore by Allah that whoever doesn't believe in this then their deeds would never be accepted because they have gone out of Islam. Number four, he says that it is mustahab, commendable or beloved or rewardable to confirm the fatwa, an important fatwa, if somebody is making an important fatwa of great importance it is mustahab to confirm it by making an oath, by swearing on the correctness or the truthfulness of that statement. And a fifth point that may be derived from this hadith which has not been mentioned in the sharh is that the deeds of the one who doesn't believe in al-qadr, that it's good and it's evil, their deeds would be nullified. Their deeds would be nullified. It would, be never, it would never be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The relationship of this narration to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith or this narration indicates the disbelief or the kufr of those who deny al-qadr. And this is understood from the statement of Ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma that even if a person had gold equal to the amount of the mountain of Uhud and they spend it in the way of Allah, Allah will never accept it from them until they believe in Al-Qadr. Therefore, this is a proof that whoever doesn't believe in Al-Qadr, they are a kafir because it is only the kafirs whose deeds Allah does not accept. Also, the relationship of this narration to the general topic of a tawheed is that this narration indicates the kufr of those who deny Al-Qadr because Denying Al-Qadr, it is a form of shirk with Allah and His Rububiyyah. Denying Al-Qadr is a form of shirk with Allah and His Rububiyyah. Because part of the Tawheed of Rububiyyah is that we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only creator who created everything. And He is the one who owns and possesses everything in the universe. And He is the one who has complete control over all the affairs in the universe. Therefore to believe that somebody or any creature in this universe can do whatever they will, contrary to the will of Allah, it is a negation of the Tawheed of Rububiyyah. Here, Shaykh Al-Qara'awi, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him, make, makes two comments, mulahaza. The first of them is that Qadr has four, arba' maratib. As was mentioned by Al-Imam Shaykh Abdul Aziz Ibn Baz, Rahimahullah, the first of them is the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of everything before it happens. That Allah knows everything before it happens. 
The second of them is the writing of that. It is written with him from the beginning, before the creation of the heavens and the earth. And number three, Al-Mashi'ah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will encompasses everything that exists. Nothing in his creation can escape from his will. And nothing in the creation can escape from his knowledge. And it appears as though here in the text of the book there is a mistake in which he has said, and it is printed, Amalihi, Allahu Alam, but it appears as though it is Ilmihi. The meaning of this statement, it should be that nothing can escape from his will, nothing of the creatures can escape from his will, nor, are they, nor can they get outside of his knowledge, outside of the knowledge of Allah. Everything is within, within the knowledge of Allah. Number four, the fourth level is khalq, the creation that Allah has created everything and brought it into existence. He is the creator of everything and there is no creator besides him. Everything besides him is created. The second point or the second note that the shaykh makes is in reference to two hadith which appear on the surface to be contradictory. He said that the Prophet ﷺ said in this hadith, وَتُؤْمِنْ بِالْقَدْرِ that it is part of Iman to believe in the Qadr, it's good and it's evil. And he said in another hadith, And there's no evil attributed to you, meaning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the reconciliation between these two hadith is that we say, if Allah decrees something of evil for the human being, then it is evil in reference to the human being himself. Yani, it befalling him is something that he takes as being something evil. However, that is because that evil befell him because of his own actions, because of his sin as a punishment for him uh, or otherwise. However, in reference to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is pure good. Khair muhda. It is pure good. In reference to Allah, whatever he has decreed, it is pure good. And that is, because what Allah has decreed, it is in accordance with what is necessitated by his hikmah, his ilm, and his adl. Yani whatever Allah decreed, it is in accordance with what is necessitated by the wisdom of Allah, and by the knowledge of Allah, and by the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He doesn't do anything except that it is just. And therefore, even though the human being may take it as being something harmful or evil to him, in the end, the wisdom behind it or the reason behind it, it is to bring about some good. The second narration that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentions in this chapter, وَعَنْ عُبَادَ ibn al-Samit radiyallahu anhu أَنْهُ قَالَ لِإِبْنِهِ That Ubada ibn al-Samit radiyallahu anhu said to his son, he said to his son, Ya Bunaya, innaka lan tajida ta'mal iman hatta ta'lama annama asabaka lam yakun liyukhtiyak wa ma akhta'aka lam yakun liyusibak. Ubada, radiyallahu anhu, he advised his son saying, Ya Bunaya, O my dear son, indeed, lan tajid you will never find the ta'am, the ta'am of iman, the sweetness of iman. Yani that which if a person has true iman, he will find peace and rest and tranquility in it. When the person believes in qadr properly, 
he will find rest in his life. He will find, find tranquility. Because no matter whatever happens, he knows it is by Allah's decree. And he knows that it is based on Allah's wisdom and his justice. And therefore he will accept it. And he will, be, he will surrender to it. And he will be at peace and he will be at rest. He will not be second guessing. And he will not be feeling remorse. Because he knows that whatever has befallen him, it could never have passed him by. And whatever has passed him by, it could never have come to him. Therefore he is at peace with whatever happens in his life. He said, Oh my dear son, you will never find the ta'am, the sweetness or the taste of iman, until you know and affirm and testify to the reality that whatever has afflicted you or whatever has befallen you, ma asabaka lam yakun liyukhtiaka. Whatever has befallen you, it could never have passed you by. Alhamdulillah, whatever happened in our life, when it happened, we know that Allah has decreed it, and there's no way that we could have done something different or been somewhere else, and we would have escaped from it. It is Allah's decree. So we accept it, and we find peace in that true belief. وَمَا أَخْطَأَكَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُصِيبَكَ And whatever has passed you by, it was not meant to befall you. It could never have befallen you. If any good passed you by, a good job, or a good mate, a spouse, or whatever you wanted in this world, and you didn't get it, know that it wasn't for you. It wasn't for you. If it passed you by, it could never have come to you. So feel yourself, be at peace, and accept what Allah has decreed for you. He said that to his son, and then he said to him, based on what have you made this statement? سَمِعَتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَقُولَ I heard the Messenger of Allah, صلى الله عليه وسلم, saying, إِنَّ أَوَّلَ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهِ الْقَلَمُ or in some of the narrations, Al-Qalama. إِنَّ أَوَّلَ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْقَلَمُ That verily the first thing which Allah created was the pen. And according to the other narration, which is closer to being correct, إِنَّ أَوَّلَ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْقَلَمُ Not Al-Qalama. In any case, the second interpretation of it is that when Allah first created the pen. And at the time when Allah created the pen, immediately when He created it, He said to it, write. The other meaning is that the first thing that Allah created was the pen. However, the stronger opinion of the scholars of Ahl Sunnah is that the pen was not created first. That the Arsh of Allah was created before the pen. Therefore, there are two interpretations of this narration and it is narrated with two wordings. إِنَّ أَوَّلَ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْقَلَمَ That the first thing that Allah created was the pen. وَإِنَّ أَوَّلَ خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْقَلَمُ That when Allah first created the pen, فَقَالَ لَهُ He said to it, أُقْتُبْ Write. فَقَالَ رَبِّي وَمَاذَا أَقْتُبْ And the pen said, O oh my Lord, what shall I write? قَالَ أُقْتُبْ مَقَادِرَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ حَتَّى تَقُومَ السَّعَةٍ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the pen, Write the maqadir of everything. يعني everything that has been decreed for everything that exists in this world, until the coming of the hour, the hour of judgment. Write everything that will take place. The maqadir of everything. Yani this is a proof that everything has already been written. Everything that, ha- that happens, it is already written long time ago when Allah first created the pen. Ya Buniya, then he said to his son, Sami'atu Rasulullah yaqul. Also, he is giving him the proof of what he is saying. From the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, I heard him saying, مَنْ مَاتَ عَلَى غَيْرِ هَذَا فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي Whoever dies on other than this, other than this belief, that everything has already been written, 
This is the belief of the true belief of Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah that everything is already written. That is the meaning of Al Qadr, that Allah has knowledge of everything and He wrote it and He wills it and He creates it. And it can't be any other way except as Allah has decreed it. He said, Man mata ala ghayri hadha, whoever dies on other than this belief, in this way of Al Qadr, falaysa minni. The Prophet said, then he is not from me. And he is not from my ummah. He is not from the Muslim people. He is not on my way following my deen. Because he has denied a pillar of the pillars of Iman and he has gone out of Islam. وفي رواية لأحمد in a narration of this hadith of Ubadah رضي الله عنه as reported in the Muslim of Imam Ahmed he said إِنَّ أَوَّلَ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى الْقَلَمُ فَقَالَ لَهُ أُقْتُبْ He said that when Allah first created the pen he said to it write فَجَرَى فِي تِلْكَ السَّاعَةِ بِمَا هُوَ كَانْ إِلَى يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ Then everything was written. At that time when Allah ordered the pen to write it wrote. It wrote everything at that very hour, at that moment, it wrote everything that is going to take place until Yawm Qiyamah. Everything was written at that time. That will happen up until Yawm Qiyamah. وفي رواية لابن وحب and in another narration of this hadith of Ubadah from Ibn Wahhab, رحمه الله, he said, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فمن لم يؤمن بالقدر خيره وشره أحرقه الله بالنار that whoever doesn't believe in the divine decree, it's good and it's evil, Allah will burn him in the fire. The Shaykh says in the general meaning of this hadith, by the way, the narration of Imam Ahmed, it has been confirmed in the second narration of this hadith, that narration of Imam Ahmed, it has been confirmed and declared to be Sahih by Shaykh al-Albani, Rahimahullah, in his checking of the hadith of Kitab al-Sunnah by Ibn Abi Asim. And as for the third narration, the last part of that hadith, the narration of Ibn Wahhab, I don't know if it is Sahih. Allahu alam. The Shaykh says in the general meaning of this hadith, in this hadith, Ubadah ibn Samit radiallahu anhu has informed us, or he has informed us that he advised his son that Al Iman has a ta'am, it has a sweetness or a taste. Yani whoever believes in the right way, then there is a result, there is a fruit. There is a peace and tranquility and rest that he has in his life no matter what happens because he knows it has already been decreed by the one who is all wise and who is just. And he said that time, that taste or that sweetness, a person will never achieve it. He will never realize it except the one who believes in the qada of Allah wa qadrihi. Except the one who believes in the qada of Allah and his qadr. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who executes what he has decreed. To believe in his qada his execution of whatever he decreed, and to believe in his qadr, that he has pre-decreed everything before it happens, whether it is good or evil. Then he used as a proof for that some hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, which he has mentioned, and which indicate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the pen to write the decrees of everything that will happen up until the hour of judgment, and that whoever dies, not believing in the qadha and the qadr, then that person is outside of the Jama'atul Muslimin. He is outside of the Muslims. And that his destination is the nar, the fire, and he will be burned in it, and evil is it as a destination. The Shaykh mentioned seven fawaid or points that may be derived from this hadith. The first of them is that it is legislated. Mashru'iyat nas al aba lil abana wa ta'alimihim. Yani that it is legislated in the Sharia of Islam that parents should give advice to their children and that they should teach them. 
It is the responsibility of the parents. Number two, the fahm, the understanding of the Sahaba for the reality of Qadr. How they understood the reality of Qadr and that they believed in it. Number three, that the first of things which have been created is the pen. وَذَلِكَ ala riwayatul rough. The Shaykh said, this point, that the first thing which was created was the pen, is based on the riwayah of the hadith, the rough, meaning al-qalamu. Al-qalamu. He said it is based on this narration, however, the more, uh, it, sh- it should be that the first thing which Allah created, yani, I mean, the, the fact of the matter or the more correct opinion is that the qalam is not the first thing which Allah created, but the first thing, uh, but Allah created before the qalam other things, whether they are known to us or seen by us in this world or not, and from amongst them is the arsh, and there is some discussion about this, if there is time, we will look at it. In any case, some of the scholars or the people of Sunnah hold that the first thing which created is the pen, as he has said here, and the other opinion is that it was not the first thing that was created. Number four, the confirmation of the sifa or the characteristic of al-qawl, saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says something. He spoke to the pen. He said to the pen, uqtub. So this is a confirmed characteristic or description that may be ascribed to Allah that he speaks. Number five, the disbelief of those who deny al-qadr, the good, it's good and it's evil. And yani the disbelief, the kufr of those who deny al-qadr, this is the ruling concerning those who deny qadr, that it is kufr, that they go outside of Islam. Number six, al-a'mal bi khawatimiha, that actions will be judged by their final, yani the final actions, yani a person's life will be judged by their final actions. Yani all of one's deeds will be determined, what will be the result of them by the thing that they die on, the final thing that they do. And that's why uh, he said, مَنْ مَاتَ عَلَى غَيْرِ هَذَا Whoever died on other than this. Yani whoever died, no matter whatever they did before that, whoever died on other than this, then that person is not from the community of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu yani they have gone out of Islam, no matter what deeds they have done before that. Number seven, إِثْبَاتْ الْوَعِيدِ لِمَنْ كَفَرَ بِالْقَدْرِ Yani the confirmation of the threat for those who disbelieve in Al-Qadr. Yani that the person who disbelieves in it, he is out of Islam. And according to the other narration, that person will be burned in the fire. The relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith indicates the disbelief of those who deny Al-Qadr. And its relationship to Tawheed is that since this hadith indicates the disbelief of those who deny Al-Qadr, the relationship to At-Tawheed is that denying Al-Qadr is a type of shirk with Allah in his rububiyyah. Because the denial of Al-Qadr, it is the affirmation that the creatures have some will that is superior or outside of the will of Allah. That they can do something other than what Allah has already decreed or what Allah wills for them. Meaning his universal will, his irada al kawniya As for Allah's uh, legal or legislated will, al-irada, al-shari'iyah, that is not what is being referred to here in reference to al-qadr. Because al-qadr is in reference to Allah's universal will, meaning that which he decrees and it must happen. Nobody can go outside of that will. Here the shaykh makes a, a note and he says that whichever of those which were created first, whether it is the arsh of Allah, Allah's throne, or the qalam, or the pen, 
He said, it is said that the first of them was the arsh, and it is said that the first of them is the pen. And whoever said that the first of them is the pen, they use as a proof this narration in this hadith. I need that. The first thing that Allah created was the pen. Inna awwala ma Allah al-qalama. It should be al-qalama. According to that opinion. Uh, and those yani that though the first the first thing the the first thing that Allah created is the pen is based on this understanding of that hadith. And as for those who say that the first thing was the arsh of Allah, then they used a different narration of this hadith that when Allah first created the pen, He said to it, write. And they also use many other authentic hadith which show that in the beginning, and yani before the creation of the pen and before Allah ordered the pen to write, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's throne was in existence. And if there's time, we may look at some of the hadith of those who hold the second opinion. The last evidence <coughs> that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentions is that which is reported وفي المسند يعني in the musnad of Imam Ahmed was Sunan and in the books of Sunan including the Sunan of Abu Dawud and Ibn Majah and Ibn Ad-Daylami and it is reported from Ibn Ad-Daylami that is Abdullah Ibn Fayruz Ad-Daylami rahimahullah a well-known scholar from amongst the tabi'een قال, he said أتيتو أبي Ibn Ka'ab I came to Ubay ibn Ka'ab radiallahu anhu faqultu fi nafsi shay'un min al-qadr fahaddithni bi shay'in la'allallah yudhibahu min qalbi Yani ibn Daylami rahimahullah had some problem, some doubt about al-qadr. He said, I went to Ubay ibn Ka'ab, one of the scholars of Sahaba radiallahu anhu, and I said to him that there is something in myself, within me yani some doubt, shak, some doubt Concerning Al-Qadr فَحَدِّثْنِي بِشَيْءٍ So narrate to me something لَعَلَّ اللَّهِ يُذْهِبَهُ مِنْ قَلْبِي Perhaps by that which you narrate to me The proof that you give me Perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause that doubt to be removed From my heart فَقَالَ So Ubay Ibn Ka'ab radiallahu anhu said to him لَوْ أَنْفَقْتَ مِثْلَ أُحُدٍ ذَحَبًا مَا قَبِلَهُ اللَّهِ مِنْكَ حَتَّى تُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدْرِ وَتَعْلَمَا أَنَّمَا أَصَابَكَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُخْتِعَكَ وَمَا أَقْطَعَكَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُصِيبَكَ He said, Ubay radiallahu anhu said to him, لَوْ أَنْفَقْتَ مِثْلَ أُحَدْ ذَحَبًا If you had spent يعني, in charity in the way of Allah, that which is equal to Uhud, to the mountain of Uhud, in gold, Allah would never accept it from you until you believe in Al-Qadr. Yani he was encouraging him and showing him the importance of belief in Al-Qadr. That actually whoever doesn't believe in Al-Qadr, he will not be in Islam. And his deeds will never be accepted. Therefore it is essential and of necessity that you have to believe in it. He said even if you had wealth, gold, equal to Uhud, and you spent it in the way of Allah, Allah would never accept it from you. Until you believe in Al-Qadr. وَتَعْلَمْ أَنَّمَا أَصَابَكَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُخْتِعَكَ And that whatever has befallen you, it would never have passed you by. And whatever has passed you by, it would never have befallen you. وَلَوْ مُتَّ عَلَى غَيْرِهَا also narrated to him something similar from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Yani he went to Ubay and he also went to Abdul Mas'ud and he went to Hudayf and he went to Zayd ibn Thabit 
up with the same issue and every one of them have narrated to him something similar to what Ubay ibn Ka'ab anhu mentioned to him from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab says hadith on sahih rawahu al-hakam fi sahihihi that it is an authentic hadith reported by al-hakam in his sahih and perhaps he means by his sahih al-mustadrak because al-hakam doesn't have a book called sahih but it is perhaps he is referring to al-mustadrak and that hadith we have not found in Mustadrak. However, it has been reported by Imam Ahmed in his Musnad and reported by Abu Dawood in his Sunan and Ibn Majah in his Sunan. And it has been reported by Ibn Abi Asim in his book Kitab al-Sunnah, a book concerning Al-Aqidah. And Shaykh al-Albani rahimahullah has declared that hadith to be Sahih in his Takhrij of his Sunnah in his book Zilal al-Jannah. He said that hadith is Sahih. Concerning the general meaning of this hadith, Shaykh al-Qara'awi, he says that in this hadith, Ibn al-Daylami, rahimahullah, informs us of what he experienced within himself of doubt concerning the subject of al-Qadr, the doubt that he experienced within his heart. And he wanted to get some clarification of the matter from the people of knowledge, from the people who are the people who should be asked for clarification. And he wanted to take the knowledge concerning this matter from its source. So he asked some of the Qura of the Sahaba. Yani, those who recite Qur'an. Not like the Qura of today, who just recite beautifully. But they, those Qura, the Qari of Qur'an in that time was one who recited the Qur'an. And who memorized the Qur'an. And who knew the meaning of the Qur'an. And who acted in accordance with it. But the Qari today is just somebody who recites beautifully. But he went to those people who knew the meaning of Qur'an from among Sahaba, the ulama, the scholars of Sahaba, including Ubay ibn Ka'b and Abdul ibn Mas'ud and Zayd ibn Zabit and Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman, radiallahu anhum ajma'in. And they answered him with that which confirmed the qada of Allah and the qadr of Allah, Allah's divine decree and his execution of it. It's good and it's evil. And they used as a proof for that that which has been authentically reported in the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam, determining that the deeds of the one who doesn't believe in Qadha of Allah and the Qadr of Allah, their deeds would never be accepted. Allah would not accept their deeds. Even if they are good and even if they are plenty. Because whoever denies Al-Qadr, he is not a muttaqi. He is not a person who has taqwa. And Allah only accepts the deeds of the people of taqwa, al-muttaqeen. From the benefits of this hadith, he mentions four. The first of them is the obligation of asking a question from the Ahlul Ilm. And if I'm going to the people of knowledge to ask about that, which its ruling is unknown to you. Number two, the comprehensiveness of the fiqh of the Sahaba, of the understanding of the, of the Sahaba and their knowledge, radiallahu anhum ajma'in. Number three, the kufr or the disbelief, yani the ruling of kufr for the one who denies al-qadr. And number four, that one's deeds would be finally determined by the last of one's actions. Yani and that is also understood in this hadith from the statement of Ubay, وَلَوْ مُتَّ عَلَى غَيْرِ هَذَا yani What you died upon, that would be the final determining factor. If you died on other than this, لَكُنْتَ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ You would indeed be of the people of fire. And in uh, another narration of this hadith, or the same hadith as is reported in the Kitab al-Sunnah by Ibn, Ibn Abi Asim, actually the wording of the hadith there 
is adkhalta an-nar, that you would be admitted into the fire. Yani the meaning is the same, the wording slightly different. The relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith indicates the disbelief of those who deny al-qadr and the relationship of this hadith to the general topic of a tawheed is that while this hadith, yani that the reason why this hadith indicates the kufr of those who deny al-qadr is because the denial of al-qadr is a form of shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his rububiyyah. The masail that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab mentioned at the end of this chapter the Masail, quickly as possible, because there are nine. The Masail that he has mentioned here, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, with a brief explanation from Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen, rahimahullah. Number one, the first of them is clarification of the obligation of having Iman in Al-Qadr. Clarification of the obligation of having Iman in Al-Qadr. And this is based on the statement of the Prophet wasallam that Iman is believing in Allah and the angels and the books and the prophets in the last day and believing in Al-Qadr. It's good and it's evil. And the second point is clarification of Kaysiyat Al-Iman. Yani the clarification of how that Iman should be. The Iman in Qadr. How is that Iman? Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen rahimahullah says how is the Qadr? How is it supposed to be the Iman in Al-Qadr? It is to believe that whatever has befallen someone, it could not have passed them by. And whatever has passed them by, it would not befall them. This is how you are to believe in Al-Qadr. Here, Shaykh Muhammad says that the author, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, has not mentioned the levels of Qadr, the maratib of Qadr. He has not mentioned them here. However, we have mentioned them, and that they are four. And, there is, and, and that they are four. And these are also important to believe in, that is, to, part of the way to believe in Al-Qadr is to believe that it has four levels or four degrees. That it includes belief that Allah knows everything before it happened and that Allah has had it written and that nothing happens except by His will and everything that exists in this world, the creatures and their actions, it is all the creation of Allah. The third issue, إِحْضَاطُ amali مَنْ لَمْ يُؤْمِنْ بِهِ يعني The nullification of the actions of the one who doesn't believe in Al-Qadr. The nullification of the actions. And this is understood from the hadith of Ibn Umar. He said that if any one of you had gold equal to the Mount of Uhud and he spent it in the way of Allah, Allah would never accept it from him until he believes in Al-Qadr. And also, that which branches out from what has been mentioned here, and a branch of this statement, uh, is that this statement also indicates that whoever doesn't believe in Al-Qadr, that he is a kafir. And we understand that. That if his deeds are not accepted, whoever doesn't believe in Al-Qadr, then we also understand that whoever doesn't believe in Al-Qadr, he is a kafir, because the kafir is the one whose deeds are not accepted by Allah. The fourth issue, or the fourth of the masail, it is Al-Ikhbar anna ahadan la yajid ta'mal iman hatta tu'min bihi. Yani, that we are informed that no one will find the ta'am of al-iman, the sweetness of iman, the raha, the rest, or the tama'nina, the tranquility that a believer experiences when he believes in, in iman, no one will experience that sweetness unless he believes in the divine decree, the Qadr of Allah. Uh, because it is this belief that gives rest to the human being. When he knows that nothing can happen except it has been decreed by Allah. And therefore he never says that if I had done such and such and so and so, then that wouldn't have happened. But he says, Qadr Allahu wa ma it is ma that it is Allah's decree and He does whatever He wills because indeed 
يعني such belief or such statement or such an idea that if somebody had done it differently then it would have happened differently it is a denial that whatever has happened is by Allah's decree and it couldn't happen any other way the fifth issue is the mention that the first thing which Allah created the mention of the first thing which Allah created uh, and he says here that it appears from the statement of Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab that he is inclined towards the position that the first thing which was created by Allah is the pen however the correct opinion is contrary to that Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymin says the correct opinion is contrary to that but in fact the pen was not the first thing that was created because it is confirmed in the Sahih of Al-Bukhari كان الله ولم يكن شيء قبله وكان عرشه على الماء that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was there and there was nothing before him وكان عرشه على الماء and his throne was on the water the water that Allah had created ثم خلق السماوات ثم خلق السماوات والارض وكتب في الذكر مقادر كل شيء then after that he created the heavens and the earth and he wrote everything that would be decreed for whatever he has created from this hadith reported by al-bukhari it is clear that the position of those who said that the pen was not the first thing that was created but that the arsh was created before it uh, it is the more correct opinion naam The sixth issue is that the events that were going to take place were written in that time. Yani at the time when Allah created the pen and he said to it write, everything was written that would take place until yawm al-qiyamah and this is yani what is taken from the wording of the hadith fajara fi tilka as-sa'ah bima huwa kana ila yawm al-qiyamah then everything uh, that was going to take place until the day of judgment was written at that very moment at that hour. Uh, and then the Sheikh and he mentioned some other points here but uh, for lack of time anyway the seventh point the seventh point is bara'atuhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam min man lam yu'min bihi that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa has declared his innocence that he has nothing to do with the one who doesn't believe in al-qadr wal-qadha and this is understood from his statement min mata ala ghayri hadha falaysa minni whoever dies without believing in this then he is not from me and he said that this bara'a it is mutlaqan it is absolute yani that the prophet sallallahu absolutely has nothing to do with the one who doesn't believe in al-qadr because he is a kafir kufran mukhrij an al-millah he is a kafir whose kufr takes him out of islam completely number 8 the eighth issue is adat as-salaf fi izalat as-shubha bi su'al al-ulama that it was the custom or the habit of the righteous predecessors from the muslim ummah from among sahaba and tabi'in and those who followed them to remove doubtful matters that they used to ask a question from the ulama if they had a doubt they would go to the people of knowledge they would go to the people of knowledge and this is understood from ibn daylami when he said i also went to abdul mas'ud hudayf ibn iman zayd ibn thabit after he went to ubay ibn ka'b and this indicates that it was from the habit or the custom of the righteous predecessors to ask about that which was unclear to them And there's another issue Sheikh Muhammad ibn Sa'id Uthaymin says here another issue that is not mentioned by Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab and that is the permissibility of asking more than one scholar for confirmation of an issue. Yani if somebody asks one scholar and they want to just confirm what they have said not to escape because they don't like the answer and they look for another answer but to confirm that what they have been told is correct it is permissible. As Ibn Daylami he went to Ubay ibn Ka'b and after that he went to Abdul Mas'ud and he went to Hudayf ibn Yaman and he went to 
Zayd ibn Thabit and he asks again and again and again for confirmation. However, going from one scholar to another in order to seek an answer that is pleasing to you, to seek a permission to do something that has been prohibited by the scholar that you have asked, this is what is yani, rejected and not allowed by the scholars of Sunnah. Number seven or number nine, the last issue that the scholars answered him with that which removes doubt and that is that they attributed their speech, the answer that they gave to him, they attributed to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu only. Yani when they answered him about such an important matter, they gave him an answer, yani a statement that came directly from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that is understood from his statement, yani Ibn Daynami, Kulluhum haddathani bi misli dhalika an Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That every one of them gave me an answer similar to that, but from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is what removes all doubt for the true believer. And it is only beneficial to the one who believes and it's not beneficial to those who disbelieve to quote to them that which has been stated by the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then Shaykh Muhammad gives a long discussion concerning evidences. And he said that not only the evidences yani, that come from the Quran and Sunnah are allowed, but it is also allowed to use evidences from the intellect. Adillat al-Aql, it is allowed, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used it in the Qur'an, and Adillat Hassiyah, yani, evidences from that which we experience around us, and also evidences, Dalil al-Fitra, yani, that which is in the nature of the human being, all of these evidences are also allowed, and he gives some examples of them, however, for lack of time, it is not possible to mention them here. Uh, we'll stop here, Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك let's let's look at the questions quickly from the handout يعني as briefly as possible try to answer these questions the first question explain the argument and proof of Ibn Umar for his statement that one's good deed would not be accepted by Allah unless unless and until he believes in Al-Qadr the argument of Ibn Umar رضي الله عنهما that a person's deeds would not be accepted until they believe in Al-Qadr, is that whoever doesn't believe in Al-Qadr, then his Iman is negated. Because to disbelieve in one ruqn of the arkan of Iman is kufr. Therefore, his argument was that whoever disbelieves in one ruqn, one pillar, then he has disbelieved. Therefore, his deeds will never be accepted. And his proof for his argument is the hadith, uh, hadith Jibreel, which the portion of it is mentioned here that Iman is believing in Allah and the angels and the books and the prophets in the last day and belief in the Qadr, it's good and it's evil. The second question mentioned the four maratib or levels required for the belief in Al-Qadr to be complete. The four levels are Al-Ilm, knowledge, that Allah has knowledge of everything. Al-Kitabah, the writing, that Allah has had everything written. Uh, Al-Mashi'ah, that nothing happens except by the will of Allah and Al-Khalq, that everything that exists is part of Allah's creation, it's from Allah's creation. Number three, explain the argument and proof of Ubadah ibn Samit radiallahu anhu for his statement that whatever befalls you was not going to miss you and whatever passed you by was not going to befall you. Yani the argument of Ubadah here is that a person would not have the ta'am, ta'am of iman, the true taste of faith until he believes this, yani this part of iman and qadr, that whatever befalls you was not going to pass you, and whatever has passed you could not have befallen you. Until you believe this, then you will not taste the sweetness and the tranquility and the rest and comfort that a believer has when he believes truly in, in Al-Qadr. 
That was his argument that a person will not enjoy this until he believes in Al-Qadr. And the proof for his statement is the hadith from the Prophet ﷺ that the first thing Allah created was the pen. Or when Allah first created the pen, he said to it, write. And the pen wrote everything, yani everything that was going to take place until Yawm Qiyamah. Therefore, everything is already written. It is already pre-decreed. And it cannot happen any other way than the way that Allah knew it, according to His knowledge. It will not be different than what Allah knew. It will not be diff- different from what Allah wrote. And it will not be different from what Allah willed in His universal will. Al-Irada Al-Kawniyah. Therefore, if a person doesn't accept this, then he will suffer anxiety and grief and remorse. And he will not enjoy the ta'am, the sweetness of Iman. Uh... What is meant by ta'an iman in the statement of Ubadah? You will never experience, uh, you will never experience the ta'am of iman until you know what befalls you, until you know that what befalls you was not going to miss you, and whatever passed you by was not going to befall you. The ta'am of iman, it means the raha, or the ta'amanina. Yeah, and it means the rest, or the tranquility, or the peace that one experiences. The ta'am of iman, it means the peace and tranquility that the believer experiences if they accept the true belief in Al-Qadr wa Explain the other interpretation of the statement. The first thing Allah created was the pen. The other interpretation of the statement is that when Allah first created the pen, when Allah first created the pen, not that the first thing He created the pen, but when He first created it, at the time when He created it, He said to it, write, and He said, what shall I write? And then He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to it, write, everything that is going to take place until Yawm Qiyamah. What is the hukum or the legal ruling for one who denies Al-Qadr? The hukum or the legal ruling for the one who denies or rejects al-qadr, it is al-kufr, that that person has gone out of Islam. Kufr, mukhrij an al-millah, the kufr that takes the person out of Islam completely. He is not a Muslim. He should not be buried in the cemetery of the Muslims. He should not be prayed over and so on. He should not be inherited from and likewise. Discuss the statement of Ubay ibn Ka'ab and if you died on other than this, you would definitely be one of the people of hellfire. The meaning of this statement is that whoever died on other than this belief, as he has explained it in the Qadr of Allah, whoever dies on other than this, then that person has died in kufr. And therefore, he would definitely be of the Ahlul Nar, the people who are destined to enter the hellfire and remain in it forever. Not the disobedient, sinful ones of the believers who might be punished in the hellfire for some time, according to their deeds, if they didn't repent from them. If Allah wills, he may forgive them, and if he wills, he may punish them justly, and then they will come out and enter the paradise. What is the relationship of this chapter to the subject of a tawheed? The relationship of this chapter to the subject of a tawheed is that this chapter indicates that the one who denies al-qadr, that he has nullified his iman. By disbelieving in one pillar of the pillars of Islam, he has nullified his iman and nullified a tawheed. Because part of the tawheed or one of the aspects of Tawheed is Tawheed al-Rububiyyah and this is a clear nullification or negation of Tawheed al-Rububiyyah yani the belief that Allah is the one who controls all the affairs of the universe and that nothing happens in his universe except that he wills it whoever denies this then that person has negated the Tawheed and their Iman uh, if there are any questions from the brothers or any corrections or comments perhaps there's a couple of moments maybe one or two minutes huh? Naam. Naam. Mother? Is it what? Naam. 
الشرك also نعم الشرك الربوبية and it is shirk in that we attribute some authority or some independence in acting in this universe attributing it to other than Allah it is shirk because it is the right of Allah to control everything that happens in his universe therefore if we attribute the right to anyone other than him to act according to their will independent of, of what Allah has decreed that means we have made them also having some some rububiyah and that is shirk and rububiyah 